Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Arts House, and welcome, and thanks for coming back, and welcome back to um, this conversation with uh, Nicola and team. My name's Robert Walton. I am a lecturer at VCA in the Theatre Department at the University of Melbourne, and I'll be chairing tonight's conversation. So on the panel tonight, we've got Kelly, who uh, was performing the music and operating the sound down there. And we've got Joe Lloyd, who helped, well, is the choreographer, is that right? And we've got Nicola, who you may recognize, Nicola Gunn, from a few moments ago. So um, what we do here at Arts House, just before, because this is an opportunity for you to ask your questions to the team, um, what we do before we get going is we ask people to spend one minute, and it's kind of timed inside my head, uh, to talk to somebody, maybe someone you don't know, near you, and just figure out what the right questions to ask are. So this is your opportunity for one minute to talk amongst yourselves to figure out what the right questions to ask tonight are. Okay? So one minute starts now. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. I can see lots of heated debates happening in the audience. That's exciting. Maybe some of that will spill out here. So, because I'm chairing this, I get the privilege of asking a question to start off with. Um, and it's the first time I've seen the, the show tonight, so thank you. I thought it was extraordinary, and I feel great to have seen it. It's amazing. And it struck me as we were watching that it seems like you're able to look at you basically the show is you looking at something from lots and lots of different perspectives and in a way it feels like a crisis of there's a crisis in the middle of that which is maybe a crisis that lots yeah, of us feel perspectives, yeah but they're all mine they're all your perspectives exactly That's here you are i'm going to give you a microphone <laughs> they are all different perspectives but and they are all yours mm. and it's i feel like we're seeing um a brain or a personality you know, looking and trying to make sense of the world and constantly referring to what that's going to look like in the future to people looking on Facebook and what all these perspectives are. And I wonder, is, are we seeing what, it, what it's like to be in your brain? Or is this really a reflection of what many of us feel or look, you know, a, a reflection of contemporary life where we do live within all these conflicting, complex perspectives on our day-to-day -day encounters? Mm. I'm going to start with a hard question, sorry. Really, um, I, I don't know how to answer that. I think um, I'm going to say something really stupid and say, well, it came from my head, so it's a little bit my head. Mm. Um, and I, I think it is the way I kind of think and the way I look at the world and the way I analyse things. And, um, and this particular incident, um, it, it's mostly, it's, 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 an, it's appropriated non-fiction, I'll call it. And um, so this, this incident actually did happen to me, obviously. And I was so preoccupied for, it for months afterwards because of the way I behaved um, in the moment. And, um, and you can choose to believe which parts of what I told you in the, in the show are true or not. Um, so I was, I was just fascinated by how I behaved and why I did the things that I did. It became more fascinating to me than what he was doing. Um, and it's because of how I responded to that. 
and then what and then of course what happened after and and the fact that I, I couldn't quite let it go and um, I just wanted to keep unpacking it and then I was just fascinated by it as a ethical uh, and moral conundrum dilemma and and also about then of course me deciding to make an artwork about this man who has no idea that I've made an artwork about him um, or the dark. Or the dark, exactly, the dark, you know. Um, well, the other thing, you know, is interesting when you said then about it is like something that's falling out of your head or it's something from your head. And there's this, obviously, this monologue. It's a monologue. And then another layer in the space is this uh, interminable movement score that you um, are performing. And these two things don't seem to fit together. So could you talk about this? You know what's happening there with this monologue and this movement. So you can talk about that, Joe. Um, I guess uh, Nicola and I started working together a couple of years ago. She invited me in in the late stages of her piece in the festival, mm. and um, she already had the script. And so I came along, and she was like, "I need something to do here," or "I was thinking something here," or "I need that." So I'd started to build up an understanding of her work and you know what she was representing and not representing. And I was kind of fascinated by um, movement that kind of um, uh, was just not important. And um, it's really quite hard to escape movement that has meaning and um, the history of movement anyway. And with the text, I kind of, um, I, was around, I was around the text, but it wasn't there early on. So. It was about knowing this scenario that Nicola had experienced. And then it was just in the later stages, sort of piecing material together that I was trying to make that meant nothing. I think, yeah, I, we started... Um, uh, I probably don't need that. No, it's um, just because I meant to say we're recording. Oh, so. um, I, I'll, just, I'll just add to that, Joe, um, because I think, um, you know, talking about the story as we did and this idea of creating um, unnecessary acts um, arose because of what I um, felt what this man was doing and what I was yelling at him um, insistently was that what he was doing was unnecessary. And I was so fascinated by this word that I chose. Out of all the words I, I used, I told him that what he was doing was unnecessary. And I was thinking, well, what's necessary? What's not necessary? And, um, and so originally we were kind of working with ideas of unnecessary acts of violence. Um, and, and, you know, and then we just took... I didn't want to kind of enact violence and then we just thought about all the bad things we've seen in theatre. That's violence. That's violence to my aesthetics. So we just, so we were kind of like, we were kind of playing with those ideas um, and just trying, trying to create that frivolous and slightly ludicrous movement. And then there's another layer in the space, wasn't there? Kenny's work, um, this synth pop kind of thing going on, coming out of the ghetto blaster. The synthetic synth pot. Um, and that kind of has an, a life of its own as well, it seems. But I was watching you from over there. And I could see that it was a, there was a secret life which was being controlled by you, which was more in tune, maybe, than the movement layer is. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I guess it was also to be a bit of a musical flatline against what uh, the, the words that Nicholas speaks and the movement that happens so that I'm trying to be as musically ambiguous, I guess, as possible to allow whatever, uh, wherever Nicholas goes and traverses 
that it just sort of uh, resonates with it, I guess, in that way, but doesn't actually actively um, try to underscore it in any sense at all. Because uh, I think if I tried to underscore it, well, it would just be, it would be a mess, like, because it would be trying to traverse too many different things at once. But um, yeah, and it is semi-improvised as well, so that it can kind of, it can kind of ebb and flow with the different dynamics each night. Yeah, and it really, you know, these different layers and the simple seem, makes this space seem very simple, but actually it's quite complicated what's happening between the level of the text, the level of the movement and the level of this sound actually creates a very absorbing experience, doesn't it? Yeah, it should be slightly kind of mes mesmeric in a way as well. It sort of should... All, all of the other, all of the, uh, the other elements are kind of working towards the one. Yeah. Great. Well, those are my questions. Now, if you have a question, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and I can uh, see you. And because we are recording, I'm just going to repeat your question. So please be kind and make it not so long that I can't remember the whole length of the question and then unable to repeat it. So does anyone have a question for the panel? Yes. Uh, the question is, are any parts of the monologue improvised as well? Uh, no. no. Um, I, I use improvisation, I think, as a, as a rehearsal tool. Um, I like to build a, a framework of a script and then I can improvise in, in rehearsal and to, f to flesh it out. But I think um, I've come to realise that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a writer and I, and I like to have um, a, a very solid script underneath me. I think, I mean, I can play. I can give myself permission to play within, but a very strict, very strict parameters. Um, it depends how I feel and it depends um, what the relationship is with the audience as well, if I feel like you know, playing a bit, but... How about the movement with the text? How is that quite <laughs> carefully structured? It's a kind of follow-on question, isn't it? I think, I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's, it's mostly choreographed, it's mostly set. Joe had this crazy idea that I would improvise the whole show, and I said, you're mental. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a trained dancer, there's no way I could do that. Um, and I, I really wanted it set. So it's set, but there are a couple of loose parts where it's like, okay, and now just free form. I think you can probably tell what <laughs> part that is. Strict free, free form. Yeah, strict free form. Strict free form. <laughs> yeah. Great, thank you. Is there another question? Yes. Have you escaped the moral abyss? It's beautiful. I think, I think probably... I make shows as a kind of exorcism. Um, so I think making this work has kind of exercised that, that dilemma and that sort of ongoing um, dialogue in my brain that was kind of obsessing me. And, um, and it's, so now I've made this, I can safely forget about it and create drama somewhere else and make a show about it. Mm. Is it going, are you going to take it to Ghent? <laughs> I don't know. I'd love to. I don't. It's never really up to me. But I, I would love to. It's interesting. I don't know how they would take it. Mm. They'd probably be mightily offended. Well, maybe where the duck comes. Maybe if the guy comes. Well, yeah, possibly. Mm. Well, it's interesting. Just as another follow-on question, 
you know, if the impetus to make the show was about turning over an idea frenetically, it sounds like the show that you've tried to make is actually very, very tight. It's like a tightening down of some of the, of the text, of the choreography as much as you can. Mm. So it's like trying to tie some of these things down as part of the exorcism, maybe. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> are there any other questions? Yes. No, it's okay. I meant to say that comments are also welcome. You don't have to have a question. You can say what you like. Yeah, I did. I think I, I, I set myself a, a task. I wanted to exhaust language. I wanted to talk myself out of, talk myself through this, around it, out of it. And it, it, it got to a point where I had told so many people about this story that I was so sick of hearing myself tell people this story. And, and, and that was, there was never a different ending. Like it was always the same. So I, I just, and I said to Joe, I wanted to exhaust language and I wanted to kind of physically exhaust myself as well. Um, to, to get to a point of peace. Yes, and that, that was the beauty of the yeah. yeah. Mm. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your comment and question. Yes, how would you feel if Marina Abramovich came to see this show? She actually has a remarkable sense of humour. She really does. And um, for all the shit I can talk about her, she is, she's quite incredible. Um, she, she, she's... She, she can laugh at herself. And um, I, did this, I did do this residency in the mid-year mid where um, Marina Abramovich was pseudo-mentoring us, but not really. Um, she, um, and, and I think people, uh, quite a few people did a few piss takes. And she took it with such good grace. Um, I, I actually think she'd really enjoy it. I think she'd actually be really flattered. Yeah. It's interesting, I noticed just before the show happened, I don't know if you've seen it today, you were probably busy. No, you sent it to me. Yeah, um, Ule is suing Abramovich for um, <laughs> not compensating him properly for recent works. And it's just literally just come out a few hours before the show tonight. Yeah. So, the, Abram, it's not the, so what, what would Ule think if he came? No, it's, you know, Abramovich. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how, I mean, they made all those works together and she seems to have gone off into superstardom and, and he's, I don't know, living in a yurt somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yes. In Trentham. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go over here and then we'll come to you, sir. No, it's okay. It's good. It's a brilliant question. So you mentioned a few times in the performance about um, being an artist and looking at the events that you describe through the lens of an artist, potentially thinking about their value or potential for uh, material for a performance or an artwork. Mm. Is that the right question? Yes. Is it distracting or preoccupying? Um, I think perhaps subconsciously I do. I don't, I don't set out to um, make my life an artwork or to make artwork out of my life. I don't set out to do that at all. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I think sometimes, maybe I just fascinate myself. I honestly don't know. That's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, sometimes. Well, of course. If you were, uh, what, a civilian? 
Um, if you weren't an artist, would you describe them differently? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I think about... Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, yes. Good. Okay, we're going to go over here now. Yes. So maybe I could paraphrase. Um, is the dilemma... That we, we keep saying the word dilemma. Did you say the word dilemma at the beginning? Um, is the dilemma of the duck that's the centre of this uh, work, is it, um, um, once you started working on it, did it become a microcosm um, for other dilemmas to do with intervention mm. that you're witnessing in the world? And is it, do you see this fractally working out into the world? Um, I, I, did, I did consider it. I did a lot of reading and... And I made the decision that there was never going to be an end. Like, where do I stop? And I just, I just wanted to actually just concentrate on this tiny little microcosm. And then it's for you, the audience, to take that and apply it um, universally or to a wider sphere. Um, that, that was my decision. Otherwise, I just thought, like, this, this show is just going to kind of multiply. And, it's, um, and I actually just... I actually wanted to just focus on this tiny... I wanted to give this tiny little 10-minute encounter with a stranger, like, the full, the full consideration. Um, and I wanted, that was my challenge. Um, I suppose one of the things that's interesting is, because of mediation, we're not often in a place where we can act so directly. We're not in the moment that we see mediated yeah. so often. Yeah. And in... You were at that moment, yeah. weren't you? And you could do something. What's about interesting, basically. and because I asked all the collaborators, you know, because we, we had this discussion, and I asked everyone, like, what, what would you do in this situation? And, and do, what, do you what want were to, your answers? Yeah, what, do you want to talk about how you kind of re reacted when I told you about it? I mean, for me, just uh, I possibly would have kept going out of uh, protection of myself. And, yeah. I think, didn't Martin and I both say that we would stand between the thrower and the duck? <laughs> I thought it was water between the duck. You know, you'd, so you'd walk on the water to go and stand between the duck and the... I, it's a, would you have done that? No, I probably wouldn't have done that. But it, but it was, it's, it's, in the, in the mo it's such a weird, like in the moment, I, I don't know, like I react, I, I sometimes, you know, my, see, see red really quickly and, and do unusual things. And so I actually don't know what I would do in that, in that moment. And um, I can imagine potentially having a similar experience to what you did and, and sort of trying to, try, tried to work out why, why he was doing it and, and why he was doing such an unnecessary thing. Because unnecessary things make me really quite angry often when they're, when they're just absolutely sort of uh, out of the blue. So I don't know. I'd like to think I would stand between the stone and the duck, but probably not. It's making me think, I don't know if anyone has seen, um, one more question, uh, Hilary Mantle. Do you know Hilary Mantle who wrote Bring Up so. the Writer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's been wanting her newest book to end the trilogy, mm -hmm. but she's had to stop because she's had to write a new book about a moment when she saw Margaret Thatcher through a window and all, she became obsessed about if she just had the gun at that time, she could have killed Margaret Thatcher. 
and she, her brain has been thinking about this moment for the rest of her life since that particular encounter. Mm. So, you know, on a par with Hilary Mantel, yeah. which isn't bad, is it? She's a Booker Prize winner. She's a Booker Prize, double Booker Prize winner. Now, is there one more question? Uh, did, I'm sorry, there was, did you, has your question been answered? You did have your hand up first, I'm sorry. Mm, it is a good question, isn't it? What is the purpose of art, Nicola Gunn? <laughs> It wasn't as simple as that. It's, it's, the question is really about, you know, it's a black <laughs> and white say, question. As Marina would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, more grey areas. Earn more money than a plumber. <laughs> anyway. It's true. And shit before sunrise. Um, that, is, that is a really good question. I, I don't... Yeah, I, look, I don't... I, I, mean, I think I'm... What I... I think what I'm positing is there is no black and white. We live in a in in greyness, and and for some people, uncertainty is very uncomfortable, and and so that leads to kind of this sense of black and white and extremism, and it, you know I guess I'm asking why is uncertainty so uncomfortable? Um, is yeah, and and I and I don't think that um, the purpose of this work is to supply any answers. It's it's just to ask the question, you know, is it wrong to throw stones at a duck? Is it? What would you do? And you know, and in, you know, that's. I think it's interesting. It's a kind of a live art work. It's mm. a kind of dance theatre work. Mm. But those questions mm. about the moral dilemma go right back to the very earliest yeah. dra dramatic works. Yes. And the question of whether you'd place yourself, what you would do in that situation. And of course, and also in other, in, in similar kind of situations, you know, in, in what situations do you, do you uh, create exemption for yourself? I mean, we're also hypocritical. I mean, I, I would say that throwing a stone at a duck is wrong, but I'm sure I do unspeakable and despicable things that this man might, you know, really abhor. And, and mm. uh, so, I don't know. Hmm. Well, I think that's the end of our conversation tonight. So thank you very much, panel, for taking the time to come and speak to us today. It was a fantastic show on behalf of all the audience who stayed back because they obviously loved the work. I'm going to say <laughs> thank you. Oh, oh, they couldn't escape in time. <laughs> yeah, One they way couldn't or the other. leave. So please you all loved the work. <laughs> you will you. give it five stars <laughs> in the age. Sorry. So subliminal messaging over. <laughs> Please join me in thanking the panel for the show and the question and answer session.